Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. We are looking at Tuesday here. My deepest apologies. It's my fault. We had to miss Monday's video there. Uh, But we're coming off a good night here on Friday night. The last time we brought you guys a bunch of picks, uh, Nate and I both had a a roughly like two and one night. We went four and three on the night, but I counted uh, a few little losses on like a quarter unit we put here and there on some other things as we sort of laddered up a few bets. But we ended up with more than a a unit and a half on the night. So we're feeling good about that. that. That brings us to a really nice total over the last three nights as we've been up money each of those nights. Uh, and now we're up above two there uh, and 1.85 on the season that we are up. So we'll move along here to this Tuesday slate for you guys. We're recording on Monday night to get ahead of it for you. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We'll also be back with Wednesday slate as we're back each and every weekday. Also want you to head to the lines.com. Check out the great content we have on the site right now as we're almost ready for football season. Nate and I will be bringing you a video during football season as well. You can also use the odds finder tool for all these sports on the lines.com and check out all the, the uh, odds available to you from these books giving us bets in all of these sports these seasons. Nate, let's jump right in to Tuesday's slate with your first best bet for the night. Yeah, I'm going to keep going with these strikeout bets uh, and look at a player performance double and basically backing Blake Snell um, after Sandy Alcantara hit for us on Friday. Uh, another Cy Young candidate, a former Cy Young winner. And look, he's facing the Marlins. And that's really the key here in terms of expecting him to bounce back uh, to get over six and a half K's is pretty much even money. I would look at the outs bet if, if it is for him to get six innings in. Um, seems pretty reliable in that terms. But I, I'd also look at the player performance double again for seven K's in a win for Blake Snell, plus 220 or better, I think. Um, you know, I'd put a quarter unit on that. I But, I mean, it's the, the main bet here is for Snell to strike out some Marlins. Because they chase. Um, I mean, they have the fourth highest outside swing rate since the All-Star break. Um, and they're also the fourth worst rated against the slider, which is what Snell is trying to get them to chase. So you look at his log uh, and teams that don't chase that much against against his stuff, like the Orioles and the Pirates did not, and he fell short in terms of that K numbers. But, you know, he's kind of started this hot streak when he was actually facing the Marlins. And... They didn't chase that much in that particular start, um, but he still struck out seven guys. They they mean they only twenty six percent outside swing and ninety three percent contact when he's in the zone. Still struck out seven. He in his career now twelve point three K per nine in five against the Marlins uh, since he joined San Diego. Fifteen Ks, only one earned, and that's pretty much what he does, right? Because he walks a bunch of dudes and then he gets himself out of that trouble. <laughs> his last fifteen. That hot streak, 47 walks to 47 hits. And then when he has guys in in scoring position, striking out a third of the batters he faces, when he has a 2-2 two and two or 3-2 and two count, his K per 9 ratio is up to 17.2. Um, so that, that's why you if you're trying to sweat out a bet where somebody's going to get strikeouts, you actually probably like the fact that this is the way he's been pitching lately. I mean, he's walked uh, like three or four guys in almost every start for the last six or seven here. And yeah, the Marlins are just not hitting lefties. 170 over the last two weeks. Their K rate has been higher against lefties than righties all season. And they actually have the lowest walk rate in the majors against lefties. But again, when they met, they still walk three times against Snell. Because if you lay off that slider, you can probably get a walk. But then eventually he will get you with that slider or change. So 
Going for the strikeouts here, and the Padres have a little bit of momentum. I, I do think, yeah, Jesus Lazardo has been awful lately. So if if you want to parlay those results, uh, Snell with the player performance double, I think it makes sense. Yeah, it's possible. And San Diego doesn't strike out very much. Uh, if anything, they walk way more than they do K overall compared to, you know, the, the rest of the, those percentages in the league as an offense. So I, I think um, there's nothing there for, for Lizardo uh, to your point. And, and I think that the pos- the, the outs, uh, when you get them from Snell, I, I do think they should be at 17 and a half. Um, it, it, uh, it could be at 18 and a half. It's going to be one of those two for sure. Uh, at 18 and a half, a little bit scarier because I do think Miami, um, they, they, like you said, they've been really, really bad against lefties the last two weeks, which is really weird to me, uh, when you get a guy like Berger in there as well, and, and think that you're going to be a little bit better now with a bit more, uh, power from that side of the plate. But just because I'm, I'm curious and maybe you don't have this number, we can move on if not, but when someone has a two and two or three and two count, do you know what, what was sort of like more of an average K percentage than around 18 per 17, 18%. Was that like a really good K percentage when you have that, those types of counts? Cause that's K I mean, per nine. That's 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 yeah. I mean, that's Oh, not even K percentage K per nine. That's way better. Okay. So then yeah, that's gotta that's, be that's super high. Roof. Got it. I was like, cause 17% is not a very great K percentage at that count, but uh, no, that makes way more sense that it was K per nine to your point. So let me move on to uh, the first game I'm talking about here. And, and it was one I looked at for a while, man. I, I was really looking at any way I could find an angle because there's a lot of evenly sort of matched stats and expected stats uh, and matchups specifically in, in this Toronto and Baltimore game. But I am going to take Baltimore's money line at home, minus 116 on FanDuel, and I'm going to put a full unit on it. And I had considered an under as well, and, and I do think that's a pretty good play because I'm not really looking to fade Kikuchi here for Toronto but my thing was is like and so like what made this really easy for what 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 this came down to for me was both of these teams have a very good bullpen both of these starters have been very good lately uh just Baltimore's offense has been the steady top eight top seven ish offense all season against both side both uh, uh pitchers lefties and righties and this Toronto offense has been awful in the month of August versus righties and Grayson Rodriguez on the mound for the O's is going to be thrown from the right side. And, and they have the fifth worst WRC plus against righties in August. They have the third worst batting average, the fourth lowest slugging. They, they strike out with the thir- 13th highest K percentage. Um, and, and this is an offense that obviously you expect more from and talk about that a lot. Grayson Rodriguez has, has definitely uh, come into his own, which is not super unexpected, uh, you know, for a, a young pitcher in his first league in, in the bigs uh, and, and really struggled for a bit and then really found it. But the thing, he always had some decent stuff uh, whenever he was even struggling. And in his last five, he's put it together to the tune of a, a 162 batting average against and an 8.85 whip, a 297 FIP. His ex-FIP is a little bit high for sure. Uh, he's gotten out of some jams as well and left a good amount of guys on base. Is pretty good with runners and scoring position as well. But this Toronto offense, as bad as it is, that's where the biggest – uh, you know, difference here and, and the difference maker is is that this Baltimore uh, lineup versus lefties is still very good. It's a top six, seven, whatever offense in the league uh, and has been every month. Uh, it's not like they've really had a down month, to be honest. You look at some of the matchups as well for Kikuchi against this uh, Baltimore lineup, and he did have a, a pretty nice six-inning, one-earned run start against them uh, in, in July, or I believe it was June, actually. But still, the, the speed and the guys, on, uh, especially hitting from uh, either both sides of the plate or right side, especially for uh, for, for the the, the Orioles, there's a bunch of guys in here, like even Mateo and uh, Rushman and then Santander uh, and, and all these, even Mountcastle as well. All these guys hitting, uh, you know, with averages well above 300, some of them at around 400 um, so, and, and some slugging that's really, really good, uh, like Mountcastle at a, a 1.67. And 
it's not a huge sample size, but there are, you know, 15 at bats in here for most of these guys. Um, and so I think there's a little bit more of that advantage on their side. And that's where I, I just come in and go, if you wanted to take an under, I do think both pitchers are, are, are it's possible that they have uh, good outings, but I, I think it's way more likely that Baltimore gets to Kikuchi before um, Toronto is able to put the bat, the, the bat on a, a right-handed pitcher's ball. Yeah, I was looking at this one as well and, and, and thinking in terms of the under um, because Kikuchi, yeah, I mean, scared me off a little bit in terms of expect, expecting negative regression, but I mean, he's just been so solid. And uh, Toronto's bats, while they actually have gone over in division games, they, they tend to lose these division games um, like at an extreme rate. I don't think there's a bigger discrepancy in the league in terms of your overall record versus your division. So for them to to continue struggling at the plate but get a solid start on the other side makes me think like Baltimore wins a low-scoring game here on board with the money line uh, as the first bet there and then maybe sprinkle the under. Um, But solid lefties, old veteran lefties. This is an interesting matchup in Milwaukee here uh, with Wade Miley and the Brewers hosting young Bailey Ober and the Twins and – I mean, it's interesting that Milwaukee's a slight dog here. I mean, minus 106, very slight. But I will take that. Uh, They've been hot lately. They have seven straight wins against not the Dodgers. And I would take a little bit, you know, similar theory as as Milwaukee plus the under is plus 240. And I would put a quarter of a unit on that um, as you try to get a solid start from Wade Miley, who is a savvy old 36-year-old. Knows how to mix it up, even though he does not have swing and miss stuff at all anymore. I mean, did he really for the last three years? But every time he's faced an American League team and they haven't seen him in a while, he's been lights out with it. ERA under two. He no-hit Cleveland. Granted, three of those seven starts against AL teams are against Cleveland, which is just terrible. Uh, but seven innings and two earned at Minnesota two years ago. Um, an offense that... Lately, um, not so good against lefties or, I mean, on the season, we're talking about the fifth worst Woba against lefties and third highest K rate. I mean, they strike out against everybody. That's not as relevant, but what is relevant is since the all-star break, they're fifth against fastballs, 27th against the changeup and 22nd against the curve. Um, and so Miley throws fast, you know, he knows he doesn't have that blow, blow you away stuff. He, he knows how to just get people out his last four 55% ground ball rate and stranding people at 82%, almost, you know, rarely getting exit velocity over 90 miles per hour. Like you're just not squaring this guy up. And so it's kind of like looking at all the numbers for Bailey Ober, who's a way more talented, way younger, fresher pitcher. But he's, this is just about like not knowing how to miss barrels, like how to miss bats. And Bailey Ober has like a 10% barrel rate in his career. He's been shelled in three straight roadies. People are hitting 400 against him on, in those roadies. And Milwaukee's been hot lately. You know, we were trying to pick on their offense, but they've, they've actually gotten hot. Uh, so I will continue to try to ride that trend uh, with the Brewers, who have more to play for as well right now than the Twins, who pretty much locked up their spot. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I agree with you in, in, in how you're analyzing this because it's tough. Bailey Ober has been good um, to, to your point. And now I think the road starts are interesting for him and the, and the difference there and how bad he's been. I do think there are some, uh, some numbers that indicate he could get hit pretty hard. Like you said, missing barrels is, is, is super important. Um, and that hard hit rate for him 
probably a little bit too high. What forty percent with with the hard contact? So that's that's too high, obviously, and, and that 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 indicates some luck there. Um, and that's that's versus righties, like you said. But when you get to this Brew Crew lineup, um, it has gotten a, a bit better. Uh, we talked about this a little bit recently, I think, where, where we talk about what happened since they got um, some of the uh, the new guys on their team that they picked up at the break, including Marcana. So they they have a bit more ability at this point to to hit a guy like like Bailey Ober. And, and you really just when you go with Wade Miley. I'm not scared of the Twins bats, really, period, uh, end of story at this point. And they're going to be, a, uh, I think, a pretty easy out in the playoffs uh, whenever they get there and, and for however long they can play in that series. So uh, I'm going to finish things off here looking at Washington in New York, play, taking on the Yankees, who've been just – they're bad. Uh, Carlos Ordon's going to be on the mound. He's been very bad. Uh, I, my first thought was Carlos Rodon's on the mound. I, I've been fading him the last three starts, which has been really good and really easy. Um, and, and I've been fading him with K's. We're recording this on Monday night where I don't have his pitching props up on any book, but I imagine it can't get lower than five and a half, right? Even though, I mean, it's been around five for the most part for him uh, as of late. And, you know, he's he's only got a 1.39 K per nine over his last uh, seven starts in July and August. So it could get down to four and a half. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable at four and a half, but I might because Washington, that's my first thought when I see them taking on a lefty is, is how much better they are against lefties than righties. And, and it's just sort of been a, a constant for me is like Washington versus lefty, probably a lot of value that you're going to find there. Washington versus righty, fade, 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 because they're not getting anything. And, and when you've got Josiah Gray on the mound, who's looked as awful as he's looked, uh, I'm also fading him uh, on top of fading Rodon. So uh, the K's for Rodon under, I'm going first five over four and a half, which is probably ballsy when you're pl- taking a, an over on against the, with the Yankees here, considering how bad their offense has been, especially against righties. But I think Josiah Gray, uh, man, he's also been really, really bad. And I think that's why I prefer the over. The only thing is I also threw that third bet in there where I'm looking at Washington's money line. I still think it's worth it because I'm putting half a unit on the first five over. I'm probably going to put a full unit on Rodon if it's at five and a half. I just want to see what it is before I, I share a unit measurement there. And then the first five for Washington, the money line's at plus 146. I still think there's value there, and I put 0.3 units on that to uh, to potentially cover if there is no over, and Josiah Gray pitches well against this awful lineup uh, for the Yankees that uh, so far in versus right-handed pitching uh, over the course of the, since July, fourth worst WRC+, plus, the eighth highest strikeout percentage, second lowest batting average at 214 slugging is all, all of it. The Woba's bottom five as well. So um, they, they've just been bad. It's just that Josiah Gray in his last seven starts has also been really bad. He's got a 30% hard hit rate. His uh, 5.77 ERA and 5.94 FIP are absolutely disgusting. In his last three, he went three innings versus Boston, giving up five, 4.2, giving up four earned of Philly, and then 3.2, uh, giving up five earned runs versus Milwaukee, which, say what you want, they are the fifth worst offense versus right-handed pitching this season in terms of WRC plus and the like, especially if you look over the course of the whole season. So there, if you're even being bad against righties, doesn't mean that you can't get hits off Josiah Gray, which is why I feel a little bit more comfortable about the over in the first four and a half. But Rodon, man, just fading him in every way, shape, or form. Maybe you just go with Washington's team total as well, that they're going to get over three and a half. Uh, that seems like a pretty good bet as well. Might, I might even be talking myself into that being my favorite. I actually need to make sure that I know what I'm talking about and that that bet, bet is even available. Because if it's at four and a half, I get a little bit scared. But at three and a half, I would definitely feel good about the the, the Washington, the Nats getting to Rodon here with, with his 7.33 ERA and 7.38 FIP since July started as well 
Nolan's giving up 2.67 home runs per nine. And that hard hit percentage is all the way up to 45%, Nate, which obviously is good for like bottom third percentile in the league. So I, I would, yeah, feel pretty good that uh, he's going to get hit at least a bit against a team that is, is decent against lefties. Yeah, the vibes are bad there in the Bronx. Uh, that this this is time to let go of the rope, and there's really no one who's exemplified the vibes of this season more than Rodon, who they were right. waiting to get back, and then he was just like a total uh, pill, you know, since he got back in there, and is, is completely lost his talent and feel for the game. And, and actually, the Nationals money line opened at plus one sixty five, and so it's already been bet mm. down that rapidly. Um, to plus 145 at FanDuel as people are jumping on that, probably looking at Nats, Nats over as well where that's available. Um, because, yeah, the Yankees, after getting swept by Boston, um, pretty much can look at not getting a wild card spot and, and giving up while the Nats, yeah, they don't strike out much and they and they are like a pesky young team that I I guess could keep piling on this this hated franchise. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be at all surprised. I'm trying to see. I, I can't get the first five team total just yet, um, just total runs in general. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll. I, I would love to take Nats runs on that one. So hopefully by the time you're seeing this, you can get a, a decent market for them to uh, to score some runs on Rodon. But that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Coming back to you each and every weekday this season. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>